everybody, my name is Metal Music Man. And I'm Professor Lex. And this is episode 64 of the Metal Lex Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's just like us. Yes. A couple of perfect squares here. That's eight times eight is sixty-four. So that means sixty-four is a perfect square. And we're perfectly boring. Un unhip, yes. That's us. We're the um I can get down with that. Yeah. I'm okay with being perfectly boring. That means I'm perfect. I was going to say, we're the NPR of uh, fighting games. We've talked about your dick way too much to be NPR, I think. You know, I don't think so, because sometimes I'm driving to work, and they're just like, hello, welcome to NPR, and today we will talk about awful, awful rape of babies. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, And they, they'll just be talking <laughs> about like some... I mean, I am me, right? I don't mind sure. whatever topic, but I feel like I would not expect anyone to talk about shit like that on something like NPR, and yet they do. They'll be like, and when... You were in your crib, and your grandpa was covering you in SpaghettiOs while sawing off your penis as a baby. Oh, no. (laughs) How did that make you feel? And then the person's like, yeah, thank you, man. Let me just get in the right frame of mind. Like, there's something so... I love to feel seen. There's something so slutty about the way that they try to, like, make... Butter someone up for the, uh, the interview. Well, Make yeah, the way they well, the way they butter it up, but like also the way they like they frame everything like they it's like they're taking themselves so seriously, but also they're still whoring themselves out for this shitty content. And it makes it like somehow sluttier to be like to be like, like if I if I had been driving to work and it was like weird boing boing noises and explosions and some shock jock being like, oh, how big's your shock winner? Shit, at yeah. least it's, I hate that shit. I don't want to listen to it. But at least that like it's not trying to be anything other than what it is. Whereas like a lot of time, some content on NPR is good. And then other times they're clearly, it's the same way with like their, their political shit where like, I mean, again, like obviously I'd rather listen to NPR than fucking Fox news or whatever the fuck, but like, sure, like sure. they'll do content on NPR where they're so clearly just trying to get like a shitty soundbite. Like they're just fishing for a uh-huh. soundbite from these, I can't believe I'm about to say this, these poor Republican senators. <laughs> Oh, these poor babies. <laughs> they, yeah. they deserve it, but at the same so time, someone like, think it, it bothers me when, like, sometimes you will just have a dude on there, and he's trying to just, like, I mean, sometimes it's, like, shitty on both ends, whatever, but sometimes it's just a dude who happens to be, like, some fucking guy from Texas, and he's just there to, like, talk about who knows whatever what, and they're like, but don't you think, don't you think that you're murdering everyone in the world and blah, 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 and he's just like, uh, what, fucking, and it's, it's just, it's amazing to me how... I don't know. I had a I had a conversation uh, at uh, Mother's Day with my brother that bothered me greatly regarding politics. Where I agreed with ninety percent of what he said, and then he said like two things that I was like, "Ah, that's dumb," and suddenly the whole thing exploded. And most of it was like championing things that like the Democrats do, and I was just like, "No, don't you uh, don't you think I'm so don't you think Democrats so are also fucking awful? Sure. Like, don't yeah. you think they're also awful and stupid?" Okay. And it's so, just like NPR so makes me problem. very aware of that is my point. Like it's like very uh, they they clearly have like that is when people think of like the liberal media or whatever. A lot of times that's ridiculous. But like NPR absolutely does just be like, guys, here is our agenda. We have to get them to say <laughs> this thing so we can clip it like they clearly do that. Anyway, you were saying uh, it- uh, here's here's the thing is that the the Republicans are like actively making the world a worse place. And so then we get the Democrats and then they like don't make the world better. This is a different <laughs> of evil. <laughs> so I, I don't know. But they also but compare- actively I feel like the Democrats are more split 
right? You've got like your your cool They're Democrats, yeah. like your 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 Bernies and your AOCs are pretty neat for the most part, in my opinion. I can get down with most of the things. No, they, they, they do. are. Yeah. And then you've got like Democrat Democrats, which is to say, like, like and, and, Biden or Nancy and, Pelosi and, or and they, any establishment. They sometimes do like okay. The thing <laughs> I hate to like shirt. just do a whole podcast where I rag on my brother, but the thing that, that made me okay, annoyed yeah. was when. He was doing the line where he was like, oh, man, we just got to get in there and we got to fucking find a way to we got to find a way to stop all of this uh, filibustering. The whole problem is you know, the filibustering. The Republicans, the Republicans, they're just doing this thing and we can't do anything because the Republican filibuster. And I was like, motherfucker, we got D's all up everywhere. Everywhere is a D. It can't be got the Republicans' em. fault. When it was all Republicans, everybody's like, oh my God, it's all Republicans. We can't do anything because all Republicans. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. And now we're just Did like D, 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 D. And still the Democrat people, still the Democrat people are like, oh man, the Republicans. No, they don't want to fix shit. They don't want to do it. They're saying that it's the Republicans because they actually don't want to do anything. They just want to say, like, I think the Democrats actually feel better when they're not winning, because then they can yeah. always just be like, oh, it's the Republicans, bro. Learned helplessness. It's, <laughs> anyway, it's, that's it's it. basically the premise for Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, no, I wait, mean, uh, on, how do you specifically go, go, go. on the, the filibuster um, on Friday? A bunch of uh, Republicans went home for the holiday for the, the long Memorial Day weekend. And uh, if the Democrats wanted to, uh, they they had enough people there physically uh, to have quorum. And defeat the filibuster, take down the filibuster because the Republicans literally couldn't vote. And then they just decided not to because that would be rude or whatever. That is the most Democrat thing ever. And I that's fucking, why it's so uh, fucking, fucking annoying. Hate it. <laughs> I, I, I hate to shit in your cereal, but your mic was doing the weird thing with artifacts. God there. damn it. So try, and, try, and like wiggle, try and wiggle it. I don't know. No, not the gating. No, no, no. The gating. The artifact thing? Yeah. Okay. It's gone now. Damn it. It's gone now. Okay. I think good. you might have like okay. a bad cable. Uh, we apologize for oh, any of Because it's I'm gone so now. Sorry. It was there. But yeah, no, you're you're 100 percent right, and that table. that is what like drives me fucking bonkers about that whole setup. Is like, I don't, I literally don't understand like how I, it's not even about like whether you agree, disagree with like whatever my thoughts are. I don't even care about that. <clears throat> and in, if, in mm-hmm. fact, if anything, I can have a pretty good conversation with anybody, regardless of where they're at on the spectrum, so long as not they me. understand you're that. Black. Huh? I said not me. I can't. I'm too black. Oh. I don't have that privilege. <laughs> Well, go ahead. No, you're you're on a roll. Well, not many people who not many people who are on said Republican end of the spectrum are are on the level I'm about to say. But that's like they it's like they people a lot of people don't understand how much of like a ridiculous game of playing for their emotions it is. And what what Mm -hmm. I think really pisses me off more is like if I'm talking to like a super weird conservative, whatever the fuck person, I expect them to probably not know any better because they're in the vortex of like emotion and and they the they only the they vortex. only get yeah they only respond to like the emotional appeals about you know abortion or whatever the fuck anyway not yeah, all yeah. i mean obviously there are plenty of of republicans they who want play to the game, wake up. but yeah they're doing that but there's i feel like there's way more democrats who like think that they aren't in the vortex of emotional appeals and then they like say like ah fuck you stupid republicans all you know is about fucking like abortion shit or fucking whatever. And then they like go right into like, and anyway, 
yeah, that's why it's this filibuster. The Republicans, these fucking, and you're just like, dude, that's, no, that's, that's the same. The word that's the same thing. Yeah. Like you, we have. You've got Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, Wake up. <laughs> we have the like we quote unquote like like their Democrats have the ability to change shit, and they just aren't doing it because they're I awful. They, so, they want it so, to be how it is. And like, if you can't realize that, then you're like actually even worse because the difference is you're stereotyped like um, uh, fucking, you know, clown, clown, whatever thing you're trying to paint of this Republican. That person doesn't care about politics and it's more excusable mm-hmm. for them to be like won over by these shitty emotional appeals, in my opinion, even though that's still bad. But you, you're like trying to present yourself as this intelligent person who knows about how this all works and you're still susceptible to the same shit like fuck that's so frustrating in in summation republicans uh when they get hit by uh an akuma hard knockdown they mash on wake up democrats on the other hand right now have earned that hard knockdown and rather than doing a two jabs to frame kill so that they can set up for an unblockable they're like backdashing and returning to neutral (laughs) Just fucking lose neutral again and then get hit in the, the oaky vortex. Fucking. <laughs> but they want to lose neutral. That's like, what are they? They're like, Democrats are like, they're like the dude who like, they entered the bracket just to like fucking try and try and rig it for their friends somehow, right? They, yeah, like, they yeah. like, they already beat the person they were supposed to beat in pools and now they want to make sure not to do too well. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise their bracket their manipulation won't. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? We oh gotta, we gotta make sure that the uh, the seed manipulation is in full oh effect. Oh my god! Uh, anyway, in other uh, non-main topic news, I uh, have a death wish, and I, I decided, oh congratulations! I decided to go out to a bar last night, and I did. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's technically not COVID, even though that's stupid. Still, I mean um, it's COVID outside, but you got a raincoat. So. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. So I haven't done like anything like that in quite a while, uh, and I was Year? like, I was like, yeah, no shit. And I was like, all right, I'll go sit at this bar and whatever. I went to uh, Schlafly Bankside. And uh, it's, first of all, alarmingly crowded immediately. Um, you know, oh, yeah. it's it's St. Charles. So what do you expect, I guess? But but um, I missed. Y'all were going balls deep before the, the mask regulations. Dude, St. Charles doesn't give a fuck about anything. It's, yeah. Anyway, we've already had that podcast. We, we already know that. We know how we know. that is. We know. <laughs> anyway, my favorite thing that I missed about doing this it was very it was like immediately a thing you just sit down at a bar and you you basically look at your phone and then some fucking weirdo next to you or nearby has some super fucking weird conversation and you get to listen in on how fucking weird and fucked up they are and judge them and Mm -hmm. i i thought at first that this was like some sort of weird buy a buy a gay date scenario it's this really old white dude and this like b-u-y buy yes yes sorry yes yes. okay yes i thought it was like some weird weird fucking hooker shit or something but it's like this really old white dude and this like much younger indian dude and they're having a conversation and uh because i'm a racist i thought that's not normal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um no they can't do that mostly because what I'm are in, you doing mostly man? because i'm in saint charles do you need help and it was a <laughs> and it was a really old like generic old saint charles white dude talking to like any other thing other than another old like white person <laughs> old saint, like, or saint charles yeah. white dude so i was like that's kind of weird what's this conversation about and the I'm just going to I have some bullet points and I just want you get these. These were 
Did you write these down? I did. I wrote them down because I needed oh, I'm to. So, I needed. I'm so lucky. They're just so. So the first thing I heard was the just the word potty. And P O T T Y potty. Yep. Yep. And and so mm-hmm. I don't know if like the Indian dude. Apparently, I mean, he clearly spoke completely fine English, which was part of what I was going to ask. I mean, he had like the typical like, you know, Indian you, you accent of like where they, they speak more proper English. Right. As opposed to American. Mm-hmm. They, they speak like the Queen's English more, um, sure. which is actually why they were having this talk, because I don't know if he said I don't know how it came up. I don't know if the guy said like he had to go potty. And then the old dude was like, mm, that's kind of weird. Don't say that. Or if it just came up and they were just talking Maybe. about it. But they hung for about two minutes on potty versus potty because because of oh. the aforementioned American versus English English. And then yeah. the old dude was saying potty with the proper T to the Indian mm-hmm. dude and calling it like the Queen's English. And I was like, this is this is going somewhere good. I potty. like where this is going. So they were just like potty versus potty potty. And then he explained to him. He was like, that's what kids say. Kids say potty. Adults would say like and then he said some weird shit like taking a whiz or some sh- I don't even know. He was like explaining the differences between these phrases. And I the was colloquial. like, and I was like, all right, yeah. this is, this is leading up to something. I'm going to listen to this conversation. And then they immediately dove into the old guy. Just, I don't even know. He just said female genitalia. And I was like, huh? The words just came out. Those were the he words. Just, Those were the words. Potty, he w- potty, <laughs> potty. Female potty, genitalia. And I was like, okay. uh, fucking what? Where is this going? And and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this guy like didn't know. This is when I thought it was definitely like a weird gay hooker because he was just like, "Oh, I'm corrupting you. Don't let me do that." But but we're gonna talk about female genitalia because we're definitely not two gay dudes on a weird gay hooker date in St. Charles. I, but 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 I, I think then maybe they were coworkers. Anyway, the point is the very next thing they talked about after saying female genitalia a whole bunch. And saying like weird things about sex stuff or something, they immediately FADC'd into the Ten Commandments. I have no idea. I, oh, this is the oh, most oh. fucking Saint Charles Whoa. shit. I, potty potty, female genitalia, Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. And then he so I then got. He, I didn't block that. He, I got hit. He was. <laughs> I know. He was talking about. So he was like, ah, these are the Ten Commandments, but. And then he was like, ah, we really refer to them as like the Ten Suggestions, and this is like that is the most old dude like old stereotype christian white dude joke that is an that is imaginable i can't imagine anything better than that and i was just like all right good for you old man that's a good line you've practiced that i'm I'm sure in the mirror many times so then um i don't know this is in his first female genitalia this is his first body reference so then he, he talked about like the ten commandments or whatever the fuck and then at some point you know, as you would expect, it was like, ah, what is your religion, Jesus, like Indian man who I might work with and or be on a hooker date with? And uh, Ellis yeah, <laughs> shit. You're in a you're you're in a working relationship and a working relationship. Hey, <laughs> um. So then he started like asking him about like Indian religion shit or whatever, and I, I didn't really, I, I didn't really pick up on. Oh, you weren't there for the Hinduism. Yeah, I was, I was. Well, I, I my soul left my body at at the point where he leaned into the guy. It, it's okay. Hang Which on, no, guy no, leaned into the other? Old old dude. Old dude is on his phone. Mm-hmm. He asked him. He's like, "What do you? What do you? Uh, what do you Indian folks do with with Jesus? Are you guys 
you guys like the Lord or down. whatever, you know? And um, <laughs> DTP. And he's like, yeah, you know, fucking Hinduism or some shit. And then he says that and old dude starts looking at his phone and he just starts saying out loud like the 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 tenets of 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 Hinduism that he like reads from some Google article from wiki and, he, from and he's like oh the blargy blarsh I don't I don't know shit about Hinduism the blargy blargy blarg he like says some shit he like reads it and he's just reading it out loud like awkwardly and he's like oh that's very interesting and then like with <laughs> with absolutely no irony he turns to the guy, the indian guy and he says like oh have you walked through the holy flames and cleansed your spirit of babarshkasmarf like like it was like some ritual that was clearly clearly like just it would be like it's basically the equivalent of like turning to a, a christian person and being like have you spoken to God and cleansed your eternal soul of all sin for salvation on the day of rapture? Like he could be, it was like a quote of like a very specific niche practice. And he just point blank asked him. And like the dude was like, I have to go potty. And he like, <laughs> and, the walk and he like went to the was, was this specific practice? I need to know, is it a Christian practice or a Hindu? No, it was some Hindu or? thing where like, okay. there's some, okay. yeah, there's some holy flame. Of yeah, it was there. You're there. I should have left it <laughs> no, to you. I should have left it to you. It was something that literal. Yeah, like, oh, have you been crucified? Exactly. It was exactly that, like, literal of like some. It was some like very, <laughs> you know, old fucking super spiritual practice of whatever from that. Like, clearly, no one does anymore, and it's like now right, clearly right. just like a metaphor. And he was like, "Oh, have you done that?" And I was just like, "I am dead." When was I, the last time you were crucified? I am was dead. it good for you? I'm dead. Anyway, so yeah, that's the best thing about going to bars. If I die of COVID AIDS tomorrow, you'll know why. But uh, that was what I did. You got to eavesdrop. Uh, uh, we we went to the coffee shop yesterday, and uh, we had uh, an Indian guy show up, and he was drunk as hell. We at went coffee to coffee shop? at like, yeah, we went to coffee at eight, and he probably got there at like eight thirty a.m. The a.m. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, right. Dude was fucked up. I'm I'm and a pretty life. big alky, but being <laughs> wasted at eight o'clock in the morning is holy shit. So we left at like nine thirty because we didn't watch the movie for movie club. I guess it's worth noting that this particular coffee shop shares uh, counter space with a beer store, a uh, uh, craft ah, beer seller. OK, yeah. Uh, but they don't serve anything until noon at the earliest, which did not sit well with this uh, drunk band. And uh, you, between he had a, a pretty thick accent, um, but he was just like totally sloshed. And that was the real barrier to understanding him. Dude was just like he, anytime the conversation got away from him, like if all, all the people at the coffee shop know each other. So if we started talking personally, like one on one, he would interject and make the conversation about some lesson he was trying to teach us. He, he leaned over to the barista and he was like, your business is too slow, man. Just much. You got to go faster. Oh, my God. And the barista was like, what? There's like three people and no one wants coffee. Oh, my God. What, what do you want from Your mic wiggle thing as you Damn continue it. talking. Damn it, Will. There you go. I'm trying. I don't I'm, know. I'm over here. I'm doing my best. Yeah, you're, you're good. I'm just guessing. I have no I, idea. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just audition several chords. Just plug whatever <laughs> I can find into my microphone just for you. It seems um, to be gone. I don't know. <laughs> oh, good. 
I'm not doing anything different. To, no, I know that's what I, 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 uh, I feel like your cord's just like weird or something. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, so he told uh, everyone how to do their jobs, like a smart wise man. Among other things, he was there until like uh, ten thirty. He was trying to wait until they opened up, and I guess he had to go. That's but, uh, way too long to wait. I can't yep. imagine being in a drunk enough state and still being like functional and awake to have the thought like oh it's eight i'll just sit here until noon until noon to get more alcohol <laughs> there is no there's no way i could ever be drunk enough and not be already passed out like that just doesn't compute to me in any way but like i can't fathom that <laughs> he walked over from schnooks he walked from schnooks to the coffee shop apparently the barista ran into him the barista went to pick up like milk or whatever uh, from schnooks and then he followed him from schnooks to the coffee shop Dude, 8, 8 a.m is just way too fucking early to be dealing with a drunk person too like it's never probably exact. fun like to be working at a bar and dealing with like super fucking beyond wasted people but like fuck that's but if you're a coffee shop at the moment i feel like that shouldn't be on you the only yeah. drunk people that you shouldn't have to deal with are like hungover people who might be just yeah but just hungover is very yet. explicitly not drunk hungover is like you go to a, yeah. you go to a waffle yeah, house and you're just dead and that's that's not you're not being like actively belligerent like that... if you're hungover like that's not the same thing you're in a different <laughs> yeah, state you, usually uh, do, do you, are you do you act like a drunk uninhibited weird crazy person when you're hungover cuz i don't i just go uh, i've been hungover twice and uh both times i was dead to the world you've been hung over twice i don't Two what times. what kind of superior blood do you have that synthesizes <laughs> alcohol I so have... well that you just don't ever i mean i rarely get hung over but that i think more more has to do with knowing what my limits and limits intake are, are yeah. and how to manage that has way more to do with be and that's because i got hung over really badly when i was younger and i was yeah. like i gotta I drink entirely too much to not know how to handle my own, you know, I might have like a very light hangover, like most mm. weekdays um, in the morning, but like that's, that's more of an effective, no, you know, more, more intake from COVID, but like a proper hangover, like maybe once or twice a year, if, if maybe no. slightly more, just twice ever uh, in your whole life. Twice. Yeah. Uh, once was when I drank a bottle of Maker's Mark uh, the other time, I, I think I'd had just like a bunch of mixed drinks or something. It's hard for me to get drunk. You just have to drink so much. And then like <laughs> and then like you're getting up to pee every five minutes and then The peeing oh, does help. Boy. The peeing like yeah. if you if you pee it out and then yeah, mix it with some water. I mean that's definitely Big yeah, big but, camel man Alex over here with his I guess urine, you know what I say. Alcohol, Camels don't get drunk. Pee That's a fact. Synthesis. I <laughs> When I got when I got hung over, I was like, wow, this is awful. Does it is awful. Feel awful. And everyone was like, quiet, be quiet. <laughs> and then we just waited quietly until uh, uh, Little Caesars came and then ate a bunch of garbage cardboard pizza. Dude, cardboard, sewer lid, Little yeah. Caesars. Ugh, man, it's exactly what I needed, though. Yeah, it, it did help me. Yeah. OK, I'm all about like yeah. fucking dude, pancakes and syrup and eggs like breakfast food. Oh, my God. Bacon. Oh man, you gotta make. I haven't had anything to, to eat today. Someone to make it. Well, I had so, kolaches. Sometimes you can make it, depending if you've got things to do so. Other times, someone if else you're... makes it because there's other people there that are less hungover than you. Other times, yeah, you drive like for an hour and a half while being hungover and dead with no water because you were on a farm with poisoned well water. What? Um, you drive for an hour and a half what? to the nearest Denny's. Yeah. No, go back. You don't. You uh, a, so I don't know if you know this, Alex, but I'm I'm a I'm a white person, 
And uh, one of the things mean. white people like to do I don't just is assume. one of the things white people like to do is own stupid farm property well and or and or once was a farm property in the middle of nowhere. They like to okay. own property in the middle of nowhere and go there and be one with wilderness. And by one with wilderness, oh. I mean in the middle of a muddy bean field where their uncle plows dirt to to sell commercial beans to people and apparently if you, if you do that you put so much so much oh, pesticide oh on on your beans there's so much pesticide on, on your beans alex that it seeps into the ground and the only water you have is well water and therefore all of the water you have on this property is non-potable the poison's you coming from inside it. of the house you can't drink it and so then because you're a dumb fucking 18 year old no not that's not right i didn't drink till i was 20 so 20 i was probably 21 or 22 you're a dumb 20-something-year-old. You don't understand... Well, first of all, in your defense as this person, you don't understand why there wouldn't be drinkable water at a location. That just isn't... I still don't. Because <laughs> of the beans, Alex. Oh, right, right. The beans. Hold on. I need to know what manner bean? Uh, I don't know. Beans. Soybeans, Black maybe? Bean, Black bean, bean. beans. I think they're soybeans. Bean, I think they're soybeans. I think there's, there's just a whole lot of beans it could be. I don't know. Look, my my friend's uncle is like a bean farmer, and he's got a big old bean farm in Illinois, and we used to go build bonfires in the middle of the bean dirt mud in the wilderness. And Did you help him take stock? It, inventory? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so he's, he he's a bean season. farmer and a bean counter. Y yeah, sure, sure. Okay, probably, okay. They probably do both, I assume. Anyway, we didn't bring water. We all got really drunk, and I was like, what do you mean you can't drink the water? And he was like, if you drink that water, you're going to die. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to die now because I'm so hungover from all of the- shouldn't have from all of the, water. I know, I know. But this is, this is white people are so privileged that they like roughing it. This is, this, I'm stealing this from, I think, I think it's Dave Chappelle. Somebody had, or maybe it's Chris Rock. I'm racist. Some black comedian has a whole skit about how white people like roughing it because they're fucking dumb, privileged pieces of shit and they need to go like live in the wilderness and black people don't want to do that. And that, you know, it's very funny. Anyway, that's, that's what I'm stealing. Someone tell me which black comedian I'm stealing that from so I can feel less racist by remembering which one it is. Anyway, uh, there's only like two black comedians. Who could it be? Total. Uh, just Hannibal in Burris. the world. <laughs> And Kevin Hart, or that's no, wait. that's <laughs> well, nope, that's it. You named I forgot two. Dave Chappelle, who's, named, who's not a named, comedian. You I named suppose. two. My bad. That's all of them. Richard Pryor's dead. Yeah, so he, he doesn't him. count. Um, yeah, he's he's right out. <laughs> anyway, I'm stealing a skit from someone. I don't remember who, but that's real. That's a real thing because that's basically my entire like mom's Dude. side of my my mom's side of the family and like all of my high school friends are just like, let's go. Let's go into the the woods and like like we can't have fun unless we drive two hours out of the way on a dirt road. If I didn't drive down a dirt road into a place that barely has air conditioning, then I just don't understand how you could have fun. And also, we're gonna be there for three whole days. And if and Fuck if you that. and if you don't want to be there for all three days, then we're gonna look at you like you're weird because why wouldn't you want to do that? What do you mean you only want to come miserable. down for an afternoon? I'm like, I don't really even want to do that. We were talking do about that. We were talking about fishing the other day. You were talking about fishing. Yeah, and, you and I. Yeah, and how Jen wants to fish or something. So this yeah. is the this is the place I fish. It's like my family's it's in Bourbon. So she's Missouri. gotta go for three days. They have, well, okay, but I was gonna say this is the part that I actually enjoy. I do like fishing. I do enjoy like creek fishing. I just don't wanna like sit around for like three days and do nothing but like talk by a fire. I just don't at some point, I want to I want I want to play a video game. At some point, 
Oh yeah, yeah. You got it. And phone games don't count. But that's the uh, I'm I'm getting real specific here. But yeah, that is like my my particular friend group, including like my brother and my brother's friends and my high school friends. They all have this thing where they think you're weird if you don't want to hang out for three days at a time. And so it's like the worst combo of like not only are you doing all of this old campfire shit that you probably can only do for so much at a time. It's like if you decide if you say like I'm only gonna do it for blah amount. Everyone's like, Ugh, they're kind of like weird because like they all hang out for like a million days at a time. You know, how when you and I hang out, it gets to be like mm-hmm. 10 p.m. And you're like, all right, I'll probably play like a few more games and I'll fuck off. And I'm like, cool. Yep. That just doesn't happen. I don't know why that is. But they just keep hanging out. Dude, they just go. It'll be like they'll like spend the night at one of their friends houses and then they wake up the next morning and they like keep hanging out. That, nah. And then like it nah. becomes like a whole weekend thing. It's like and which is I'm not trying to like. You know, if they're Knock just do if they're yeah. just doing that in a vacuum, that's fine. But there was this weird period of my life where I had to realize that like I just didn't want to do that anymore because that was what I did in high school because I, I was in high school and I didn't have shit to do. And it was fun. Yeah. I didn't have shit to yeah. do, so I would just. But like they keep doing that, and I just I'm like, no, guys. But then it becomes this weird social thing where it's like you are apparently a weirdo because you don't want to hang out for like a million years, and you have to like skirt that whole. It's a very odd social dynamic where. No, so yeah. then there's like one of my other high school friends who is also like less a part of the core group now. Um, mm-hmm. He'll invite me over and we'll hang out for like an evening and that's fine. And then like separately, it'll be like, ah, we're all doing a thing, but so-and-so is leaving early and they'll be like, isn't that weird, Willie? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, no. I'm going to leave oh, in like, gotta, I'm going to leave in like an hour that? and a half, but it's totally weird. I bleh, like, not really though. Like, no, anyway, I'm, I don't know. Social relationships are interesting things when you get older kids. Don't grow Way up. Way easier to do in Persona. Don't grow up. Yeah. You just got to pick the right dialogue option. There's usually only like three or four choices and like one of them is clearly marked the bad answer. So <laughs> I, would, Man, I would just stick to Persona. Even for me, that was quite a diatribe. I covered like 47,000 <laughs> topics from the starting point of going to a bar. Good job, me. Dude, that's how it is. That's how it is. <laughs> so we do was, have a topic gonna, today, though. Oh, you were going to yeah. say things. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, okay, I was going to drop some some knowledge on you. So back in the uh, back in 1862, uh, the United States enacted the uh, the Homestead Act, uh, which provided any adult citizen or intended citizen who had never borne arms against the United States government, uh, 160 acres of surveyed government land. Tell me you're basically... reading that. You're reading that from like no. a quote somewhere, right? What's wrong no. with you? Why are you like this? <laughs> What? Why can you fucking you you sound like a goddamn lawyer, Alex? How is it possible that you have that fucking verbatim memorized? Anyway, okay, okay. I, I hate I, to cut I you off, it. but what I the fuck is it. wrong with you? Okay, you read it from, from a sheet of paper. Documents.gov. Okay, thank you, yes. dear God. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. You're... Okay, but I'm I'm off book now. Okay, so was, okay. Uh, My God. Effectively, effectively, the United States gave away like two thirds of the rest of the land in the United States to anyone who was a citizen, which is to say, a white dude. And uh, very specifically, <laughs> the the best type of asset that you could have that would uh, show the most appreciate appreciation, the best way to stockhold uh, uh, wealth in America is through property, right? Like so slaves. No. Okay. So I thought that so was where we were going. We're we're prop. No. Oh. Okay. So, okay. Like, by by freeing slaves, they made it so that that's not a, a property that you could uh, that would appreciate. In fact, I, I would go so far as to say most slaves depreciated because they had value when you purchased it, 
they had value when you purchased them, and then they don't have value because you can't own people because that's wrong. Yes. Yeah. So so home ownership actually is where where the real money is was at. Okay. Right. Okay. So uh, that is what set uh, between that and everything else. Uh, that is what set a lot of black folk back. Compared to white people, everything else uh, being equal, and it's not, but everything else being equal, the fact that they gave a bunch of land to white folk and not to black people made a huge wealth gap. And I never considered how difficult it would be for white people to own that kind of land before until just, you know, 10 minutes ago when you told me that you had poisoned well water. I had never considered how difficult that must have been for you growing up and having I access didn't, to... I didn't, but it was difficult for my friend who had a bean farm, I guess. Who had a bean farm given to him during yeah. the homestead or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, so. I think uh, all joking aside, though, I do think that's a thing a lot of people don't consider is like the um, the the history of like land ownership or whatever. Is mm -hmm. is definitely I think that's definitely something people don't even think about um, because it so yeah. so for in my instance to go with your joke directly mm -hmm. like my family did not get that land during the homestead by any means right sure because so, they probably weren't hanging out in 1862 yeah, yeah yeah but what actually happened I was trying to get off this topic but you're just keeping me on talking about weird so esoteric knowledge well. about my yeah. my family's fucking land or something <laughs> um so so what actually happened is like at some point in like the 60s or 70s um fuck maybe earlier maybe it was like the 50s I don't remember there's some point in the old times before I was born uh the government bought all of the land from all of the people who lived in this valley area of bourbon where this property is owned and they were going to turn it mm -hmm. into like another like lake of the ozarks it was going to be um, like a whole and they were going to flood it there it was it's a valley they were going to like dam it off yeah. and flood it and turn it into lake of the ozarks this whole thing so they bought up all this shit and then decided not to do that for whatever reason and then sold all the land back to try and like minimize their losses and it was like super cheap or whatever and so a bunch of people bought it back but it's mm -hmm. the same kind of deal because, like, what are the odds that they're going to, like, go put up a sign somewhere in, like, Blackville, USA to be like, hey, come out to come out to come, come out, out to rural America and buy cheap land. Like, you know, like, it's really it's the same kind of deal where it, we talked about the how it, we talked about the racism the of 70s, real estate a couple podcasts yeah, ago and how fucking it, wild that is. If it was before the 1970s, then there wasn't a, a fairness, uh, uh, fairness and housing act or whatever. And it's if called. it was after the 1970s, yeah. because of that, it was still the same shit anyway. So yeah, re real yeah. estate is real estate is a real uh, corner of racism that, like, until I was a, a proper adult, I never Structural. really. Yeah, I never really you never really think about it because it seems it almost seems like conspiracy theory based when you like first hear about it because it's when so you think about it. Yeah, yeah. But, well, but then but it, they did it on purpose. It, but it also kind of is. Yeah, it's wild. yeah. Anyway. It, it is a conspiracy in that everyone was acting together and coordinating to do this thing. So <laughs> it's less of a conspiracy theory and more of a conspiracy literally but that's why it seems that way right you don't want it like i think i think you're you're preconditioned to assume anything that is an actual proper conspiracy is actually just a wild conspiracy theory most of the time because quite often they are but then sometimes you know mm -hmm. like fucking you're like i don't know the moon landing is a thing i don't want to hear that or you know jet fuel can melt steel beams but then like you're like right. but then you're like okay but actually it was a thing it, oh, oh shit that's wild uh yep. anyway words 
Words, Alex. Yeah. What a diatribe yeah. I went on. Who wants to hear about World of Warcraft streams? That's our topic for today. It's not just we're, we're not just doing World of Warcraft. Please don't turn off your stream. Don't turn it off yet. Just, please. Don't stop listening. Uh, to this yet. But, so I, I went over to Will's uh, day before yesterday. Yeah, that's right. And uh, of course, it is the the annual streaming of the Dungeon Gauntlet. What's the name of it? <laughs> Kind of like that. It's better. It's called Streaming of the Dungeon it's, Gauntlet. It's called The Great Push, which is the worst title ever. But I'll I'll explain that. Push. I'll explain that. Um, and he, I was like, "Do you want to play games?" And he's like, hey, "I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching World of Warcraft, The Great Push, in the background." And I was like, "Oh, oh, I mean, if you need a minute." And he's like, "No, no, no. It's okay. I'll just leave it on in the background, and and it'll be nice. It'll keep me company." And I was like, "All right, man. Whatever makes you happy." But that's thank that's you, part Alex, of what we're for talk about. eternally babying my fragile social interaction you got just ego. A small ego. Where, where yeah. you're, where you're just like, hey man, <laughs> I know I asked you to hang out, but I'm real sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you're so supportive of my needs. I, you um, know, I'm trying to be helpful, man. Yeah, uh, Professor Lex, maybe the healthiest relationship I've had as as a man. We'll we'll see. Time will time will tell. Um. Anyway, he can't wait to betray you. So, all right, I'm gonna give. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you will betray me, and it will be because Long it will be because of something I did, and then it will somehow be framed that way in my <laughs> mind, and and that's when that's the that's the story arc. Like I'm I'm the character. I'm the character who has like this tragic, shitty redemption arc, and then right at the moment where you think I'm redeemed and everything's good, something happens that reinforces the shitty way that I initially was. And I hard triple down on it. And then you're like, oh, my God, he's he's definitely. Well, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I do just want to be Wesley. Watch Joss Whedon's Angel, friends. What a television show. Anyway. okay. well, we just call it Angel now. But go ahead. Are we are we full canceled on him? Just because he's a douche. Because he's a racist and a sexist. Oh, when did he become uh, a racist? What what am I uh, on? Discriminatory against Cyborg during the Justice League and. Well, Cyborg is a real shitty character and Justice League is a real shitty movie. But that doesn't mean that you should treat him like like three fifths of a person. That, that actually that. OK, so you're telling me that it, it, it was it was a real thing and not just that people are oh, saying do you remember that because Kendra Cyborg was good. Do I remember who? Yeah. OK. Do you remember Kendra the Vampire Slayer from uh, season two of Buffy? Yeah. Into season one. I didn't remember her name, but she's the lady who comes right. in because the Slayer dies and she's not real. And right, right. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Kindred the Vampire Slayer because yeah, she's yeah, from yeah. Jamaica or yeah, whatever. Cool. Do you know that they, on the spot, uh, Joss Whedon was struck with a bolt of inspiration and decided the day of that she should be Jamaican and have a thick Jamaican accent? And the woman who is not Jamaican was like, why? And he's like, I'm Joss Whedon. You will do the accent I tell you to do. <laughs> You're black. You're the only black character we're going to have, and you're only going to be here for a few episodes. So do the accent, like I said. <laughs> it, uh, I'm struggling with that because while it is very <laughs> stupid to suddenly decide anyone is Jamaican, did it? I mean, did it actually happen the way you just detailed it? Because, yeah, that would be awful. I'm probably paraphrasing. But <laughs> I got to read into this. I don't know. There's that shit with yeah. Charisma Carpenter and all that where he's definitely. That's well, it's fucked, and he's a shitty power trippy like manager type or whatever, and that is shitty. But like, I th- this is this is a struggle for me because I feel like there's a lot of shit that like someone being shitty in a situation or like not wielding their power in the best way is not the same thing as like being Harvey Weinstein. 
I just want to like. Oh that's no, what he I always, didn't sexually assault anybody. That's what I'm saying. Say. Like, how canceled is he really? Because like, like I I don't know anything about him being a racist until you're talking right canceled now. Enough. I've literally never heard I, that before. Ever. Harvey Weinstein should. I've be only in heard jail. that he's. Josh I've only Whedon heard that Josh Whedon is kind of a job. douche who doesn't. Yeah. Who, so, but but I mean, he's, if if what you're saying is all a thing, like that's I don't know anything about that. That's that's definitely worse. Josh good times. should just not. People shouldn't talk to him. I, I don't think. But he should he's be in jail. so good at doing things. But he made media that speaks to me as a person and and yeah, and I don't want to think about how it was a toxic work environment that created I what I love to examine things critically. The, the, the cry. of I want America. to examine critically the work <laughs> itself and not think about the conditions it was made in because that makes me feel bad. I just want to eat a cheeseburger and not worry about how they're making the no, no wage and cows are. Yeah, cows, <laughs> I know. I just want to eat yummy, yummy meat, I'm Alex. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean brain to empty and filled with cheeseburger. <laughs> God damn it! Oh my well, God, that about, reminds me. I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking about making oh. references about empty brains, and that makes me think of like fucking bimbos and himbos, and that made me think about bussies, and then that made me think about a tweet that I just read this morning, which is maybe the best tweet Tell I've ever read. Tweet. I would like. All right, hang on, hang on. Let me. I think I liked I, it. I think I liked it. So I want to make sure. Yes. Are you ready? This is this is okay. The I'm tweet ready. is this is my favorite tweet. First of all, and I, and then it's a it's a picture of this guy, and it says, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> "Jake Gyllenhaal didn't bottom in the mountains with no lube and a bussy full of beans just for y'all to act like he's some brand new actor." <laughs> I just that fucking. <laughs> Bottoming in the mountains with no lube and a bussy full of beans may be the best fucking sentence I have ever read in my entire life. Hats off to this dude at Feeling Frisky for writing the best fucking line. Bottoming in the mountain with no lube and a bussy full of beans. What a fucking line. Anyway, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, um, so, the great push. So, Oh God! Yeah, so so it's the worst. So it's the worst title of all time because it's called the Great Push. But it makes sense because what you do and wow, when you do dungeons, you you call it pushing keys because you get a keystone from each dungeon and you try to push it by completing it. Pushing deeper. No, you push it by completing it. When you complete it, the key goes to a higher level and it's endless. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Anyway, uh, this is gonna we're gonna keep this high level because basically what this is is like wow is a game that I really like. But it's also a fantastic example of a game that is just an awful spectator sport compared to most other games. Uh, and most fighting games are far better spectator sports than most other genres of games. Um, but, you know, I think you've got other things that I think are good or like, you know, um, I think uh, shooters can be really good if they're like 1v1, like dual shooters, I think can be a really great spectator game. Overwatch um, is a decent but, spectator sport, and that's six v six. It's decent, but I mean, anytime you get th- this, this is why it's an example. It's it's still good, but like any, the more people yeah. you get, the more perspectives you get. It's really hard, if if not literally impossible, to show multiple perspectives accurately because if you can't see it from the first person perspective, nothing that other person's doing really comes across the same way. And so then, therefore, in like a dual shooter, you've only got two perspectives, and so flip flopping between them is no big deal. There's almost nothing lost. But when you get like yeah six or five v five, holy shit, yeah. It's just too many different perspectives. It's, You're missing out a lot of action. You're constantly. It's hard to construct a cohesive narrative. For yeah, the, as for as like as game. like a viewership uh, from a mm-hmm. viewership standpoint, exactly. So anyway, WoW has all of the problems that like multi like large team shooters have, but then they're even worse because in a shooter you're not just like 
pointing the cursor at a thing and pulling a trigger, you're like, mm-hmm. you're a healer, you're a tank, you're a DPS. Each of you has like a completely different user interface as far as what's important and what isn't. There's multiple different classes that all have different moves. There's not really a great ability to see specific moves that are used based on the visuals alone. You'd have to like know about the class and the game. So it's just a really bad spectator sport, generally speaking. And that's, you know, we mm-hmm. have the whole, we've had the whole conversation about sometimes it doesn't matter how shitty a spectator sport you are if you just have a really big user base, which is like your League of yep. Legends, where it, it's not as bad as WoW, but League it's... Yeah. Any MOBA is, is not a... Yep. Uh, they're better spectator sports than WoW, probably better than a 5v5 shooter, but like mm-hmm. only marginally, maybe. Um, still really hard to track for all the same reasons. Too many different people going around, um, too many different abilities, but I think they're they're probably a little better um, than most of those games because you can kind of see what's going on a little better. But they're still not great. So anyway, um, WoW is is real bad at this, but this event in particular is very interesting because it's almost like doubling down on the things that make it bad and it like getting even worse in ways, but then also kind of weirdly being good in a niche. And that's what I wanted to talk about because I think it's really interesting the way that it's awful and awfuler, but also like, I'm like, Hmm, maybe there's something about this. So is there in order to, in order to make this make sense, I have to also explain to you the MDI and, and so bear with me while I give you some wow knowledge. I, I will try not to take too long, but basically what I care about in wow is dungeon key pushing. And typically what I have thought is cool about it is trying to push the highest key possible where as you go up, each time the key goes up, the monsters do more damage, the monsters have more health, and you get to a point where, like, as you get high enough, certain things that would be irrelevant will, like, one-shot you. And and the game literally breaks. But that's interesting to see, like, how far can you push beyond the breaking point that was, like, not even intended, right? But what's mm-hmm. happened in the last few years is they've they've focused on a format they call the MDI, the Mythic Dungeon Invitational, which specifically only allows certain levels of keys, and so arbitrary key numbers, the average normal human in the world does like uh, the highest they would usually ever go is like a 15 and only like a 15 is like your silver to gold rating for like a fighting game where it's like people okay. who are decent. and know what they're doing, but like no one that you would really consider particularly good. Like a 15 mm-hmm. key is about where like the average, not the average player, the average semi-competitive player tops out the average player can't Mm -hmm. even do a 15 because people who play wow are fucking awful and everybody's in bronze just like every other game right um so the average player does about a 15 so then like the highest keys in the world are like 29 or 30 and that's like your top one percent so key pushing would normally be like 25s and shit which is where this great push is but Mm -hmm. what a lot of people hate is that this mdi format which is what they've actually been doing for the last year and a half is locked at an 18 and then the meta becomes how fast can you do the 18 because an 18 isn't really challenging for people who are doing this. So it becomes like a speedrunning thing. And so they're trying to do it a lot differently and it's weird because this is the context where this becomes different because they try to make it like a head-to-head thing where they're like, today we have Team Red versus Team Blue and they're both going to do this key at an 18 at the same time and we're going to say go like as if it's a race. But it isn't a race. They try to frame it like it is but it's really just two teams doing the same thing at the same time. But what's shitty about that is that they try to go back and forth between these two teams in an effort to make it more watchable. Construct the narrative, yeah. And construct a narrative. They try to be like, oh yeah, this team's going, this team's going, they're neck and neck. But really what happens is like one team does like one thing a little bit and then you know all that happens now is like if the other team doesn't fuck up, there's no chance mm-hmm. that the other team's not going to win. 
And so not only does it kind of bastardize what I personally and actually quite a few people, not everybody, but quite a few people think is is not what it should be about, which is to say that they're trying to speed run keys. A, a, a mm. lot of people prefer pushing, and that's kind of how it was. Some people prefer the speed running. There's there's arguments, but for, for sake of time, you're wrong and dumb and pushing is cooler. So they do this MDI for a long time. Everybody's annoyed because the narrative doesn't really make sense, but they're trying to make it a better narrative because the WoW you know stream reviewer narrative as as you're picking up on is like kind of weird anyway so they're mm. trying to like find ways to make it quote unquote more normal and they finally go oh we're gonna do the great push and everybody's like wait what and it's like yeah whoever gets the highest keys that's what they do and the best part about it is that it is a one-off event and so the worst part about this mdi thing is that it caters to sponsored teams because you can only do the mdi they do an mdi like every month if not even more than that and oh. so you're constantly doing multiple ones every year, which is bad, A, because it just becomes boring because they're doing the same shit over and over again. Monotonous, it's already yeah. more monotonous because they're doing keys that aren't challenging and they're just finding ways to do them faster with bigger pulls instead of like actually challenging themselves on like this higher level. And then it's also monotonous because it's always the same teams because only the like professional teams can afford to do this because teams, yeah. you're putting so much time in. There's no way you could actually compete if you don't have a job mm -hmm. because there's just too many events and too many points together, right? Because it's like a circuit. And that's shitty. Yeah. So the great push is awesome because all they did was be like, hey, one time now, whoever gets the highest shit, do it. And so you have like, obviously there's the big teams, but then there's like these smaller teams who are good at pushing and they just push and play the video game. They're able to compete because it's a one-off event. And they're like, hey, we're going to go against the big dogs, just like your grassroots fighting game events. In that regard, it's really yeah. fucking, really fucking cool. But then when they go to show the event, they do this weird thing. And this is the, the meat of what I've been trying to get to now that everybody has this context. The way they display it is so bad, but also kind of good, but also kind of weird. So the whole stream is just a quad view. There's eight teams, and it's just a shifting view of the eight teams where they show literally four at a time and almost never zoom in. And so when you're watching it, it's like if you were watching four Street Fighter four matches <laughs> at once. And the commentators are talking about all of them and kind of just jumping around between all four. But then imagine if those four Street Fighter matches were in and of themselves inherently much harder to watch already because they weren't Street Fighter matches. They yeah. were. <laughs> right? So like World of Warcraft people playing a, an RPG. So, yeah. So it's, it's really bad. But then like as I watched it, it's still bad. I'm not saying it's good, but there actually is some weird merit to it because what's interesting is because it isn't as interesting to watch on a moment by moment basis. And it because is it's like boring at any given. Instance. It could be boring for the moment until it gets to something that's cool. What happens is like, it's just sort of people generally talking about the things as they happen. And so basically you're just like tuned in to the general pacing of what all these eight teams okay. are doing. And that kind of makes sense because each dungeon can take like 40 minutes. Maybe they fail it. There are like, eight different dungeons they're doing well six because the way they split it but um and i i'll be damned if there weren't some merits to it and mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's a different kind of stream and i think they need to do something different but i actually kind of think they might be onto something and i and i think what they're onto, what i think they should have is they've got this one stream and then they have um, each of the individual teams typically has a stream or multiple streams where you can view from their perspective. So you can uh, kind of like hop in and out, right? Of, and decide like, oh, I want to watch this run in particular and focus in on it. But the problem is when you do that, then you're, you don't have any commentators and yeah. they're not talking that much because they're really focusing. And so what I think they need to do, what I think actually could make this pretty cool is if they kept their shitty quad format stream 
And then they also had like eight other streams that each had a commentator or two commentators oh, or maybe even only four. And maybe e maybe each of those four streams was two teams. And like these mm -hmm. commentators were, were tasked between flip flopping between two particular teams whenever something interesting happened. That could give you mm -hmm. like kind of a cool way to drill in. I'm not or, or I don't know. Maybe you have some thoughts on that. But there's a lot of ways well, that it is still shitty, but I, I'm also kind of surprised at how, like, different it is and how, like, I, I don't know how to clean it up. Maybe that's what I think is interesting. But, like, I was like, mm -hmm. holy shit, this is actually kind of cool, though, because it's, like, all day these teams are going. And and to me, I thought it was way better than the shitty fake forced head-to-head -head that's not head-to-head -head that they do with the other format. So, anyway, I don't know. It has problems, but it's also kind of promising. So, I, I don't know. Words? So, uh, my my experience uh, I, I am very fortunate to have been watching and playing fighting games for so long uh, fighting games are a very simple story of two health bars one goes down further than the other one usually and there's there's two karate men on screen and they wiggle at each other Instantly and occasionally intuitive. stick their feet out yeah you get the whole start to finish you know what's happening uh, it's it's easy to commentate and usually I, I would say the the best uh, commentary works when you've got like a color commentary and a play-by-play -play commentary. So you got someone to, to give you the nitty-gritty and someone to give you uh, a little bit of excitement. Because you, you don't like, want you know, constant play-by-play. -play. That's actually a big no. mistake. A lot of I yes. think, casters where they, they just assume they need to narrate every single thing that happens. And you, you do want to do that sometimes, but you don't want to just never stop exclusively doing. you do want to have conversations yeah, you do want to talk about bored. yeah exactly exactly yeah because there's a narrative there's the the events that are happening on the screen but there is a, a larger narrative like the story of the whole fight that's happening or from the tournament perspective or from whatever there there's more to it than just the events that are happening on the screen um and that's usually why you want like a commentary duo and and they can trade roles back and forth it's mm -hmm. kind of like a comedy how you don't have to be only a... yeah you don't have to only yeah. be the one i mean you might be primarily but yeah you probably have a preference mm -hmm. but you you can flex it's it's flexible and and that stuff works well uh i've seen bigger than two people commentate on a match before and that just gets kind of jumbled but then where i'm going with this is it's like uh smash brothers has doubles which is really hard to look at and I, I would say a considerably harder spectator sport than just straight 1v1 fighting. Especially depending on the game. Yeah. Yeah. But like take Smash Ultimate doubles. It's it's two fights, two 1v1s that are taking place in and about each other that are crisscrossing. And there's and there's extra stuff on top of that where like Smash Ult uh, also has the, the problem where it's got like bigger, bigger characters relative to the stage size. So I would actually say Smash mm -hmm. Ultimate might be the worst doubles the worst. has ever been in terms of spectating it. Um, and mm -hmm. conversely, that's one of the reasons like brawl doubles, in my opinion, is like the best doubles because the characters are much smaller relative to the stage size. And because the game is so slow and boring in and of itself, mm -hmm. ramping up the insanity into doubles, actually, it's still quite digestible. Whereas like, yeah, an ultimate, yeah. depending on the team, it's just shit it's just shit blown up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so knock back, so yada, yada. Yeah. Because it, it also fucks with the physics engine just a little bit. Anyway, um, that is harder and almost impossible to give a, a cohesive narration to. You can still watch the, the lives, the stocks go down and vanish. You can see percents Information go up. overload. So there's... Though, yeah. That's basically what we're but, getting but to. But then you get to... Yeah, like uh, Overwatch 6v6. Too many, too many characters on screen to follow and try and form a cohesive narrative. What happens... 
uh, from a top-down perspective is that the two teams ram against each other, and then one of them lives, and the dead one comes back, and that happens again and again. And you can sort of guess, based on who's got super meter at the time, uh, how who would be the most exciting to watch. And I think that's how that's still effective, but not good. Not not like a 1v1 Street Fighter match or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Then you get then you get wow. And honestly, I can't think of a different way than to break it down into its component parts and make comments on each of the individual components. But that would if that's a logistical nightmare. How can you justify that many commentators, that many stream setups that well, I, I think I this, think there's some, a lot of it that doesn't need to be broken down um, as much as you probably think, because I would I would compare that to saying like you need to say every time somebody jabs into a medium kick into a fireball, you need to like be telling people that's what happens in Street Fighter. Like there is a lot you can gloss yeah, over sure. where you don't need those details. But I, I think mostly it's the I well, I think it's twofold. Yeah, I think the biggest issue is just that the amount of people, which then you're super accurate with your comparison to like Overwatch or whatever. Yep. But then in addition to that, just and this is just a problem of WoW's overall game design um, as far as how it how it relates to being spectated is like there are so many moves that each character has and there's so much visual noise and the mm. the pacing of it is such that like a lot of times you can't tell because you've got five different people doing giant explosion attacks or whatever. You can't really pick one out very easily if you don't yep. exactly know what you're looking for. Uh, whereas, like, I think most MOBAs do a much better job of that on average, of, like, kind of showing, like, here's a big move that you know needs to mean something, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in WoW, like, say, like, a healer does, like, a big healing cooldown, you don't mm-hmm. notice a lot of them. Some you do. There's, like, some that I think are well done. Like, there's Shaman have this thing called Spirit Link Totem where it puts, like, a big green circle on the ground and it merges everybody's health. as, as So it's like you're all one big flesh golem as long as you're in this big green circle, that's like, that's like really easy to see. And that's like one of the better ones. But then there's other ones like where paladins activate wings and like the, uh, it's like avenging wrath. They call it, they get like big golden wings and they glow. And yeah, the paladin gets big and glowy, but it's just like one dude. And he might be like off back in the corner healing from far away. And you wouldn't even know it unless, you know, you mm-hmm. happen to see him Someone over there, but like, yeah, yeah, or whatever. So like, there's a lot of abilities where it, 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 that's all a problem with wow. And I don't know that you can ever, fully solve that without redesigning the game um which is fine but i do think within like that weird shitty viewer spectator thing i think they actually i i don't know i think we might have stumbled upon like a decent way to kind of do this narrative because it's like they are they are actually just stepping way further back to a higher level so like what you're saying about going into all those component parts it's almost like they've mm-hmm. it's almost like they've decided to just not even look at that at all and just completely you know uh, this is metaphorically speaking zoom the camera out yeah, yeah. And just be like, hey, there's eight teams. This team is currently failing and they've restarted this dungeon three times. This team is doing mm-hmm. really well at this dungeon and now they're going to move on to this next one. And it's kind of like they're just giving you, they're not even really giving you the play-by-play of like what the teams are actively doing at any given moment. Individual, so much as yeah. they are giving you an idea of what's going on overall as far as their general success. And then every now and then they'll like zoom in and like take away the, like Focus. the four screen thing and like show like when something interesting is happening. And I, I think... I think it, they did a really good job of it. I think they need to, like I said, they need to break it down into like, I think they need to have more streams where you can decide to focus in on your own if you if you want to um, more easily. And I think they need to probably have more casters that are on more. I think they need to have more simultaneous streams. They need to have like two or three 
simultaneous streams. But I don't know. Like, I was kind of like surprised <clears throat> at how I thought I was going to be way more bored. And to be fair, I was not nearly as engaged mm -hmm. as I would be sure. in like a fighting game stream or whatever. I was not like locked in. It was like a nice background thing. But I did actually, I didn't like, sometimes you just pull it up and you completely aren't paying attention. But I was like pretty fairly, I guess I, I would compare it to maybe like, um, what's like a sport analogy? Maybe like something like the Olympics where there's like all these different okay, events yeah, going yeah. on. And every now and then you get like really drilled down and you watch like a particular race because it's got like particular people or particular things happening. And then you kind of like go back out and the casters are talking about like, hey, this this country's doing good over here. We're coming up to this event soon. Like, uh, actually, yeah, I, I like this analogy. It's kind of more like Olympics that. Is good. It's kind of yeah. more like that kind of stream. And I actually thought that was a pretty interesting way to present something that is mm -hmm. nigh unpresentable from the Inherently, traditional yeah. from the traditional spectator sport uh, way, and um, almost made it more interesting than I thought was possible. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it's definitely rough. It needs some cleanup. But but yeah. So there's there's one other uh, spectator sport game uh, video game that that I forgot to mention that I watched too much of. Uh, did have you ever watched uh, like the uh, the Star Leagues, the uh, the Starcraft Brood War Star Leagues? I can't. Uh, I have watched two. competitive okay. Starcraft. I don't know what league it ever was, and I didn't pay very close sure. attention. But I have seen competitive Starcraft videos and vods. Yeah. So part of the appeal of uh, Starcraft is that you can start a war on several different fronts. And that forces the opponent to manage several different wars at the same time, RTSs, in addition to mining their resources. Multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in in a, in a broadcast production sense, uh, that is difficult for the commentators to keep track of because they have to watch all of the different wars and try and piece together a cohesive narrative that tells the story. Of, they have to know, you know what Flash, the player's doing you know, to be able yeah, to yeah. even yeah yeah to be able to even say what's happening. So what they do is they've actually got like three or four uh, spectators in the match who look for like key things as well as uh, keep an eye on the the mineral and Vespian geyser count mm -hmm. over the whole thing. Is that a thing that is vaguely doable in WoW or that would have any merit? No, like I, I think it is. I, I, I think, happen. Yeah, well, I mean, so you wouldn't need to be that. You wouldn't need to be that um, granular sure, for the sure. most part, but I think. So they do have multiple casters, but they just kind of like are taking turns. I feel like they haven't quite figured out how to organize it. But I think that like theory or that that what you're talking about, how they do like RTSs, yeah. I think that has an application for sure, because okay. like I think they could do a better job than they did of it. But I think that idea is really good because you do want like someone to just be kind of talking about generally what's going on. You do want someone to have a little bit more character knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. and I think they could do from a production standpoint, although it's a, it's a fuck ton of work. I think it's a lot more work than most of these games, mm -hmm. because when you're talking about that with Starcraft, it's like, ultimately, as much as there is going on in Starcraft, there are mm -hmm. only two people fighting each other in one game. And True. so you all yeah. connect to like one client, but with the way this is set up for this great push thing, it's like you have five people, but that's only one team and there's eight teams and they're all playing at the same time, not directly against each other. They're just, it's sort mm -hmm. of like, it, it's sort of like, um, I guess you could compare it to like a speedrunning competition where, okay. where like a lot of times what they do for these speedrun competitions is like, if it's like AGDQ, they have like mm -hmm. one person they sit down with, right? But like, this would be like the equivalent of broadcasting like multiple people going for world first attempts at once. That's what mm -hmm. this is like. So it's like, but, but instead of multiple people going for world first attempts at once, it's multiple teams of people going for that. Which and so, makes it exponentially and harder. So then to you need chart. a game for each team, and then you yeah. need spectators for each game for each team. 
to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I do feel like that's kind of, I'm thinking like if you try to get the best combination of both while also not needing literally like three commentators for every team, I feel like you could maybe break it down to like, here's two teams and these two commentators are the overall commentators for maybe everybody, but then there's like one or two commentators that are specific to those teams as well. And you could like, kind of like zoom in and out. I, I don't I don't have a solution specifically in mind, but that that's kind of I mean, mm. I don't know if anybody has ideas. Maybe this is a good comment call out, but like oh, I think yeah. it's an interesting thing because this is for me the best I've seen them do this competition. It's much more interesting to me both because they're pushing keys but also because of the way they presented it than the MDI because the MDI is trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. They're trying to make mm -hmm. WoW a head-to-head -head PVP game, which And it never is. I mean, it is if you're actually be. playing WoW PVP. Yeah, but, but it's the not dungeon PvP, push right? is yeah. well, it can be. I mean, PvP. that's another play to, way to play WoW. Yeah, is it? I don't yeah. know enough about. Yeah, there's, there's, WoW. there's, I'm there's, sorry. So the, the main three ways to play WoW are there's there's dungeons, there's raiding. Those are both PVE, and then there's PVP, which is PVP. Um, PVP is good and bad for lots of different reasons that we won't get into for now. But but yeah, so they mm -hmm. could do that with PVP, and they do, and it has its own problems. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's not the same way they do this kind of coverage, and so it's interesting because. They don't even try to do that with raiding. They just kind of let the community do it. And whenever there's a new raid, they have this thing called the race to world first, which is the first person to kill a raid boss. It's pretty interesting. People really like it. And that's just multiple different guilds and you zoom in and it goes. Um, but they they never try to push raiding into that like fake PvP mindset the way they have dungeons right. for whatever right. dumb reason. And so they finally like do this event. And anyway, my point is like I just hope it does well because I think it's way better to try and like just let it be its own weird thing. It's probably the most similar to like speedrunning, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you really think about it, but like, um, but exponentially harder to look at. Yeah, so too people. many teams, too many different variables. Yeah. So it's so anyway. I don't and know. It, it, it's weird. it's interesting to see them try it. Um, it it isn't perfect because, like I said, the the worst thing is like just constantly having a grid of four streams. It's like that shouldn't be a thing. There should be like one stream that is that, maybe right, and that's like mm -hmm. that stream. But I should be able to like click a link Real or go down. to another one yeah. and watch more of them individually. And like, you kind of can because the teams are streaming, but then you don't, like I said, you don't have commentators. You don't have like, so I, it, it, it's iffy, but uh, it's, it's cool. I don't know. That was my topic. Yeah, it, was, it was a good topic. <laughs> it was a good topic. I feel like our um, topic today was, was like 10% of this podcast and the rest was just us rambling okay. about bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, who, who's your favorite uh, commentary duo from fighting games? Or who's your favorite commentator? You can call, you can say a duo. Shit. Um, right? Probably, probably just Ultra Chen. But um, Ultra Chen. But I also really like um, Logan and F Word. They might be better. Mm -hmm. Logan and F Word are probably better than Ultra Chen. But I think if I'm picking one commentator, it's just Ultra David. Nobody is as good as, as Ultra David. He's so good at so many different games. He's mm -hmm. he manages to be like knowledgeable and informative and not boring. He's really um, he's capable of being like pretty professional, but also getting like kind of quote unquote FGC depending on the event. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think duo wise, though, yeah, Logan and F word probably are my favorite duo. Uh, oh, like man. Zeep is so good too. fuck Zeep. Who is that? An individual? Yeah, yeah. Who's um, he? He's uh, he's Asian. He's no. What does skinny. he commentate? Oh, Mar Marvel Street Fighter. Really? He does all kinds. Of, you don't know Zeep? How do I not know Zeep? <laughs> he, he constantly does like weird innuendo references. He's no, you would I don't know you would him. know him if you heard his voice. Oh, okay. 
He's great. Um, Zeep's great. I I like uh, 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 Tasty Steven Yipes because I like Marvel and there's there's a certain degree of understanding that you get in Marvel where like it's inherently sort of a hard game to follow mechanically but there's enough spectacle on screen that even someone who isn't keenly aware of all the minutia can see the things that are happening so there's a lot more room for like the color commentary is the play by play in a lot of spots and so that's the the line gets blurred and i enjoy that, that well yipes is better than anyone in the world at that i'm yipes um i don't know how anyone best. doesn't like yipes i mean yeah he's yeah. he's i think the reason he is such a good marvel commentator is exactly what you just said where yeah blurring the line mm-hmm. between play by play and color, and, color um, and narrative yeah. and all that at which you you have to because you can't play yes. by play marvel like or any game like marvel very well you could but it gets you'd have to like pause it. overload yeah exactly yeah. so he's yeah he's really good at that um i'm not i don't dislike tasty steve but i've never been like a super huge fan of him honestly I, he's I, funny to me i think he's funny i think he's he, um he's good support too i think that's his greatest strength i think he has to be support yeah yes. exactly yeah yes. i don't i think he he's a little bit like He's a little bit like James Chen in the sense that like mm-hmm. he's he's really good at a lot of different things. But then sometimes he kind of like says some stuff that I know just isn't correct. And it, it's a little frustrating. Actually wrong. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I like him a lot, actually, as like the house yeah. mic guy. I, like he's usually the house See? mic guy. At even, yeah. yeah, that's actually why I think I am a little more particular about him on commentary, because I think he's a way better than a commentator. Yeah. I think he's super good. He can at work that. an audience. Yeah. Yes, he works the audience extremely well. Um yeah. and I think that fits his um his strengths. Whereas like when he gets on commentary, sometimes I get a little a little irritated the same way some people do with James Chen, where he'll say a thing and you're just kind of like, mm, that's not is that true? Is that a thing? <laughs> like you should maybe not have said that thing. But uh, you uh know, but he, he does great. know all of he does know all of uh, uh, Dante's special moves, so I, I give him props for that. Dante has like 60 special moves. Well, I think he has a lot less issue with that in like Tekken because he's much more of a yeah. Tekken player. I think it's just mostly yeah. a factor of him being a much bigger Tekken player than he is other mm-hmm. games. Um, yeah, that's fine. Which is, it's yeah, okay to I mean, fuck, dude, it's hard to know every... All, that, I don't know everything That's actually about one of the things girls. about like mm-hmm. Ultra David that's so fucking impressive to me is like he has to do a huge amount of research to know. I mean, he has a top tier Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct, Street Fighter, Street Marvel... Fighter. Fucking he did Marvel every and and like he I just the sheer breadth of knowledge you have to have to be able to come because because he is not switch, strictly yeah. a color commentator of those games. Nope. And so he needs to be knowledgeable about all of them. That's like a lot of work. Um, someone else who does a lot of work like that, who I actually don't really like very much personally. I don't like dislike, but I'm not like a big fan, but I have to respect his the amount of work he puts in is say jam because it's a similar deal where he. Yeah, he does a lot of work. Yeah, for those games, I, I think it's easier to be a color commentator in a lot of ways, but it's because also harder to you're reacting to the spectacle or the storyline. Well, yeah, it's also harder to practice and become a color commentator, though, too. You're either good or bad. at You're it. kind of born able to do it yeah. or not. Yeah, and I, I feel like I'm only, you know, I'm I'm pretty good for color commentary, but I'm I'm better served on the play by play, and and I I understand that <laughs> it's just a strength or weakness of my character. That's fine. Uh, certain. Do you, do you, you can't, feel like? Do you feel like I can do both? Because I've always felt like pretty good about being able to do both. Um, I I think that that was the, the our greatest strength when we were commentating uh, Smash Brothers and uh, Samurai Showdown. Obviously, I had a little bit more uh, comfort with Sam Show because it's a game I understand and comprehend. But at either rate, you'd be uh, better we at Smash now. You'd feel better. I, I now imagine so. At Smash, yeah. 
yeah the, uh, with but, with what you know now than than like when ultimate yeah. first came out yeah absolutely but but i i think that that was probably the strength because like everybody likes to do color commentary everyone wants to do the ooh ooh the the <laughs> yipes ooze um because it, it's fun and it's good and stuff but like to to be able to transition effectively from color commentary to play by play to to have that that breadth of knowledge per game and then still not sound like a robot while you're doing it that's I, I think that that is an important thing. And I think that's that was why we worked well together. I do miss. Well, there's a number of reasons that I think we missed sure. the team. That was one of them. But yeah, I, I do miss uh, Sam show when I think about it, man. That game yeah, was that game was so fun. COVID, man. I know, dude. We were going to we were going to be commentators at uh, Combo Breaker for Sam show and Grand Blue and fucking we were, uh, we were thousands of things. people died. Bye, COVID. What the fuck? Bye forever. What the fuck? <sighs> well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now that everything's awful Now again. that everything's awful, I think that's been a podcast. We will uh, Just ca- about. catch you guys next time. I have been Metal Music Man. I've been Professor Lex. And we will see you later.